Hi everybody, this is Dr. Eric Corum, founder of AIM7. Welcome back to The Blueprint, where we distill cutting-edge science, leadership, and life skills into simple tactics optimized for your busy lifestyle and goals. Today's episode is a continuation in a series I'm doing on stress and building the capacity to adapt to it so you can become a more resilient person and thrive in even difficult times or situations. I also want you to know that we are building up to something big, But to get to that point, we have to lay the educational framework for where we're going. And then I'll be able to provide you the tools that you can use and put into action so that you can become more adaptable. Stress is a word we use frequently in our daily discourse. How many times have you heard it said, I'm stressed out? In this context, stress refers to experiences that cause feelings of anxiety and frustration that threaten your security or pushes you beyond your limits to cope. Common stressors are life experiences that cause a person to behave in a specific way, such as relationships at work or maybe home, finances, turning on the news, isolations or maybe feelings of loneliness. Outside of behaviors, exercise is certainly a stress. And gone unchecked, it can lead to overtraining and burnout. These stressors cause us to feel, quote, stressed out or depressed, to lose sleep, to overindulge in alcohol or food, or do things we really don't want to do. The brain is what determines which experiences are stressful and determines our behavioral and physiological responses, which promote or damage your health. In addition, the brain being the master organ, or what is often referred to as the central governor, it can change or respond to both acute and chronic stress and direct other biological systems, such as the neuroendocrine system, the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, or what you might have heard referred to as the HPA axis, autonomic, cardiovascular, and immune systems. Therefore, when you experience the stress of daily living, there are both short and long-term consequences. In the last episode, I explained how the body responds to acute stress by releasing catecholamines that increase heart rate, blood pressure, and prepares your body for action. This is often referred to as the fight or flight response, where your body is literally biased for action. You feel like you need to say or do or move. If you remember, this was considered the alarm phase of Hans Selye's general adaptation syndrome. And if you didn't listen to that episode, you need to go back and listen to it now because it's really important to what we're talking about. And if that acute stress is not removed, there's a chronic elevation of catecholamines, glucocorticoids, and the hormone cortisol. And this can lead to a host of health issues, including cardiovascular pathology, fatigue, then exhaustion, and even death. And in 1988, Sterling and Ayer introduced the term allostasis, which refers to an active process by which the body responds to daily events and maintains homeostasis. Quite literally, allostasis means achieving stability through change. Man, I don't know about you, but stability through change is something I want to develop because the reality is you can't manage stress. Life happens. What you want is the ability to adapt to it so you can keep moving forward. So the first key term I want you to lock into your brain is allostasis, or the ability to achieve stability through change. I want to add a little note here. This can only be achieved through a healthy body and mind that continually adjust the internal environment of your body and brain, or scientists call it the internal milieu of the body. 
Bruce McEwen, a giant, and I mean a giant in the field of neuroendocrinology, and Elliot Steller later expanded on the concept of allostasis and introduced the concept of allostatic load or overload. And I'm going to quote McEwen here on his definition. Allostatic load refers to the wear and tear that results from either too much stress or from inefficient management of allostasis. Failure to turn on the response when no longer needed. Other forms of allostatic load involve not turning on an adequate response in the first place, like not being able to turn on cortisol, to which other systems, inflammation, then overreact, habituating or failing to habituate to the reoccurrence of the same stressor and thus dampening the allostatic response, leading to more wear and tear on the brain and the body. And the way I think about this is really simple. Allostatic load is the cost of adaptation. Every time you experience a stressful life event or even a series of very strenuous workouts, there is a cost. And to be honest, most people just ignore the cost until it compounds and catches up with them. And when it does, it's really not pretty. I saw this in sports where coaches would create these crazy training camp plans and just bury athletes because they wouldn't account for the cost of adaptation. They would just write down a practice plan, script out a day, and these athletes would very predictably every year get injured or sick towards the end of training camp. Some NFL coaches I know and worked around took pride in working their players all day and night during training camp and limiting their sleep and then they wondered why they struggled with injuries. Let me restate this again. There is a cost to stress, and you'll either pay it now or you'll pay it later. But everybody is going to pay. The last thing I want to do today is to remove some ambiguity around the word stress by sharing with you how McEwen classified stress. There are three types of stress. Good stress, tolerable stress, and toxic stress. Good stress is a positive type of stress, like rising to a difficult challenge or solving a difficult work problem, taking a risk and reaping the rewards, like asking somebody on a date and them saying yes. You, you get the idea. This is called eustress. Here's the key. According to McEwen, having a healthy self-esteem and good impulse control and decision-making capability. All functions of a healthy brain architecture are important in this scenario. Even adverse Outcomes can function as growth experiences for individuals with positive, adaptive characteristics. Next, there is tolerable stress. This is where negative events may occur, but the individual has a healthy brain architecture and can cope with the aid of family, friends, and other close individuals who can provide support. As a side note, living in community is directly associated with positive coping. Trust within a team or community decreases the physiological response to stress. I actually found a paper recently that demonstrated a negative association between allostatic load biomarkers and religious attendance. And there was a significant inverse association between church attendance and all-cause mortality, particularly explained by allostatic load. I found that absolutely fascinating. So whenever, you know, whatever your religious uh, affiliation is, being associated with a church is a good thing. Going to church, engaging with community, living in community is really important. And finally, there's toxic stress. This is when an individual experiences negative events but has limited support and they have a poor brain architecture, which means they have poor impulse control, decision-making, self-esteem, and the result is an adverse physiological reaction resulting in greater allostatic load or a greater cost of adaptation. Okay. 
here's what I'm hoping you're starting to understand. Stress is inevitable. But if you have created the appropriate conditions for your mind and body to adapt, you can be resilient under stress and grow. You see, stress is a foundational ingredient for growth. Without it, you don't improve. You don't get stronger unless you stress your musculoskeletal system. You don't improve your intellect unless you study difficult material. You don't climb the ladder at work unless you deliver under stress. Next up, we'll be digging into adaptive capacity and how building it should be your primary objective if you want to be a more resilient person. Thanks for listening to the Blueprint Podcast today. If you loved this episode, please take a screenshot on your phone and post it on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, or wherever you post stuff. Be sure to tag me and tell me why you like this episode, what you'd like to hear more of in the future so I know what content to create for you. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you in the next episode.